Hello and welcome to Pro Construction Guide's weekly series of ProCasts. They're podcasts just for pros. This is episode 31, How to Install a Skylight. I'm John Gordon. And I'm David Dovel. Thanks for joining us. Each week, Pro Construction Guide magazine brings you a new ProCast built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com or iTunes. Before we get started, we'd like to thank Trax for sponsoring this ProCast. Absolutely. So you guys that have been listening all along, you know what's going on. If this is your first, David and I have been doing a home improvement radio show in October, uh, later this year. It'll be like 21 years. And, and so we don't want to spend much time this morning. We, we've done a lot of different things. We, we both work uh, with our professional customers pretty much day in and day out. If you want to get more information about us, you can go to askjohnanddave.com and uh, check us out there. Before we get to the interview this morning, though, we want to let you know about the Pro Construction Guide newsletter. It's free. It's delivered to your email inbox automatically. And this Tuesday's issue, this past Tuesday's issue, was awesome. It had an article on how to install cement board, how to avoid common construction mistakes, as well as a great discount for pros uh, on lighting stuff. So if you don't get the newsletter, it's easy to sign up. You just go to ProConstructionGuide.com. I said it's free, and it's easy to subscribe. So, that said, let's get on with the show. This week, we're going to talk about how you can properly install a skylight, and we're fortunate enough to have a guest with years of experience as a remodeler. Our guest today is Jim Hicks. Jim's been in the remodeling industry, the building industry, for 17 years and owns a remodeling business. Jim, welcome to the Pro Construction Guide's weekly ProCast. Uh, can you give us the 30-second bio on Jim Hicks? Sure. Um, let's see. I uh, got out of high school and thought I was going to be in the Air Force, so I went to school to become an engineer at the Air Force Academy, and uh, after doing the Air Force thing and the Gulf War thing, I got out and decided that the Air Force wasn't for me, so I uh, started, uh, started in business in 93, started a roofing company in 98 and uh, with a business partner, and that grew that pretty well. In 2006, we brought on, uh, uh, we bought out an existing remodeling firm and added that to our company. And in 2011, because of business partner issues, I had to do a reboot and start all over again. So now it's Jim Hicks Home Improvement. <laughs> well, and we're glad to so, we're, we're glad to have you. And thanks. So you you've got. Um... You've got a, a, a super background uh, on, on a number of different fronts, but uh, it's, it's interesting, Jim, topically, our, one of the callers on our radio show this morning had a, a problem with us that was clearly a problem with the skylight. Um, and, so, and sometimes people um, are afraid to do skylights for that reason. They hear the horror stories. But if you, had, uh, if you had a convincer, and I don't know that convincing is the right word, but if you were talking to a homeowner and you thought it would be a good addition or a good part of the remodel project, how do you talk to them about considering a skylight? I think that um, you know the main points of a skylight. The, the, the pluses definitely outweigh the minuses, and the minuses can be very much reduced. I mean, the pluses are you've got natural light. Um, you, it lets us too much, uh, two times as much light in the room as the same size vertical window, and it makes the room more vibrant. Um, it brings in light twice as long as a vertical window does because of the way this you know the sun moves mm -hmm. and uh you know they can be installed man in, in a bunch of different areas obviously where vertical windows can't and um 
the the new Velux line that they came out with a couple years ago actually gives a ten year leak, uh, no leak guarantee. And the most of the problems that I see with skylights are, okay, I'm a little bit biased, but they, they don't pay me to say this, but I don't use any other skylights but Velux anymore, and mostly because of the flashing kit. Yeah, you, so. I wanted to talk to you about like what you thought skylight wise and 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 frankly I I don't know what's right or wrong but in in 34 years of uh, of working in the uh, home improvement industry I don't think there's but one maybe two manufacturers that I can say I have never had a product defect um I've got right. a couple calls on a Velux skylight but when we got out and looked somebody left a piece of flashing off or did something and um something kind of not too smart actually and and so right. are there other i mean i know that that's your preference are there some other ones out there that folks should think about or or there are types there's also types of skylights right well yeah i mean the in our area i mean i'm in southeast virginia okay mm-hmm. um the curb mounted bubble type skylights are very very prevalent and so you're going to have a lot of issues with those um we're not talking about velux here we're talking about just you know where you've they they've built a two by four curb yep. up on the roof and yep. and they've they've field fabricated their own flashing and ninety percent of the leaks come from the back corners where when you're field fabricating flashing you're going to have to caulk it well what do we know about caulk it's it's temporary it's going to dry out all right you know what I mean mm-hmm. so um, it's a maintenance issue so when Velux came out with their fixed curb mount flashing kit with the factory um, bent rear corners. It was like the second coming for us, and it, it opened up a whole new way for us to retrofit these goofball skylights that that were leaking all the time, and 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 provide a very real solution. Very good. Hey, once a, once a homeowner decides on a skylight, what are the what are the first steps in the installation product process? Okay. Well, yeah. So you've got you've got several different skylights that you can choose from, and that and that can that's a whole different rose. But let's say we've 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 select, selected a skylight, and now we're gonna we're gonna decide where in the room we or where in the house we want to bring the light into. Well, we've got to we've got to say, okay, well, do we have a, a conventional ceiling here, or do we have a cathedral like a vaulted ceiling? Those are two completely different installs for a skylight. So if you've got a conventional flat ceiling, you've got to get up in that attic and make sure, hey, do we have any mechanical in the way here of where we're going to be building this light tunnel or what's in the way that might have to be moved? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Elaborate just a little bit on it, on the light tunnel because um, uh, a lot of folks don't understand what that is and how important it is. Yeah, okay, the light tunnel, I mean, let's talk real simple. The simplest light tunnel that you would have would be on a cathedral ceiling, all right? So where we have a very, very short distance between the interior drywall ceiling and the exterior plywood deck of, of the of the roof. And so um, Velux actually has a kit now that will just insert right into whatever size um opening of a, of a light tunnel that you're going to make. Now, we're only talking about with a cathedral ceiling. You're only talking about eight to nine inches mm-hmm. here. Right. So um, they've got a really sweet trim piece that'll, that'll trim out uh, the drywall that you cut on the ceiling. And, I mean, it, it, you're talking maybe 20 minutes to trim out a whole light tunnel with their, with their uh, kit. It's very, very simple. Whereas 
we go to a conventional ceiling now, um, depending on where that skylight is, depending on how much pitch we have on the roof and how long that light tunnel is going to be, um, our framing might get a little bit more complicated at this point. Sure. And, of course, that's the, the, the wider you make that. The, uh, if you have a, 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 a longer length, you really need to, to step that out at the, at the edges between the joists so that you allow the most amount of light in, right? Yeah, I mean, you can flare it out. Um, you can do, I mean, uh, you get like a conical-type flare where it, you know, it starts maybe, let's just say we start with a 2 by 4 skylight on the, on the roof. I mean, we can flare that out pretty big, um, depending on the amount of distance that we have. Um, but let's just say you've got, I mean, I, I was on a roof the other day that there was 16 feet between the roof deck and the ceiling. Well, man, wow. you can do a lot of, that's a lot of framing on a lot of flare there without too much dramatic angles. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. But, um, but you know, you might not, it's it's all going to be about, about aesthetics, though. You might not want the greatest biggest thing on the, on the ceiling, you know, so you got to still make it aesthetical, aesthetically pleasing and balanced to the room. But, you know, I mean, the, there's a lot of design, room for design and, uh, opportunities there, if that, if that makes sense. So, right. yeah, especially if you're going into like a kitchen or a room where there's going to be some key, I don't know if I write the focal points are the right thing, but if you've got an island you probably want that skylight to be over the island, not over the walkway between the sink and the islander. So there's some thinking through the logistics on it, too, I would imagine. Hey, and we... Yeah, we, yeah go ahead. I say we probably should back up here, too, and talk more about uh, the conventional skylight and all the bells and whistles you can get on these uh, skylights. I kind of kind of skipped right over that part. <laughs> all right, well... So uh, the the simplest skylight that you're going to see, at least in our area, is that curve mount that I was talking about, which is basically just a it's a hole cut in the roof deck with a two by a bunch of two by fours nailed to it, and uh, that the they flash to the two by four, and then they uh, they set a lens on top of it. That Felix's version of that would be their their FCM stands for fixed curve mount. Right. The bu- uh, the bubble. <laughs> yeah, it's a, basically a bubble. Um, well, the nice thing about Felix is they use glass, so it doesn't sound like a drum roll inside your house with that plastic bubble. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then when we get to the actual deck-mounted skylights, which is really where um, the nice options start coming in, um, you've got, again, you've got a fixed skylight where the, the glass doesn't move, you don't have any bells and whistles on it, but, but you can add um, um, shades and blinds to it, and you can, and with the Felix has an electric shade option, and they've also got the uh, you know um, solar powered shade options and whatnot. And they they've got remote controls so that you know if you can't reach it because it's high up on a ceiling, that's not an issue. So you've got your that's your fixed deck mounted skylight, and then you get into your your venting skylights, which will open and close. Again, uh, you can. You can manually open and close them. You can uh, run electric power to them, or you can use a solar uh, uh, kit that the uh, um, Felix has. And they have a, they have a rain, yeah. rain sensor on that, too. Don't they have a rain sensor one that if it starts to rain, it automatically shuts the vent? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it's very, very slick. Once you start getting into the powered options, those rain sensors and everything will, will work. Um, I 
you know, I mean, I've watched them and I've I've played around with them and and you know done the, the Windex bottle, see it, you know, spraying on the skylight to see if it'll close and it works fine. I can't say that I'm going to you know trust it a hundred percent if I know if I know that a hurricane's coming, I'm going to leave my skylights open. Yeah. But, you know. No, 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 I totally agree with that. <laughs> but you know, just because we survived, I don't think it's still a good idea to play in traffic. You know? Right. Well, but it's it's a it's a nice backup. So I guess if you drove off to the store and a, yeah. and a thunderstorm popped up. Because you don't want to know how I know that. <laughs> and I didn't have a sensor on mine, so I got to repaint. That's what I got to do. Uh, and it was right after I finished my room additions back in the 80s on a house I lived in. And uh, I, they had crank skylights and Velux. I opened them up, but went off and left them open, man. It it, it flooded me. So <laughs> oh, it, it happens. It happens, no doubt. But um, And then what about sun tunnels? Sun tunnels are uh, a pretty interesting addition to their product line. Um, it's the easiest way to bring natural light into an interior of a uh, um, house because you don't have to now build a light tunnel. You've got this basically, I don't know what else to call it other than, you know, um, a tube, and that you put sections, four-foot sections of this tube together and you run it from the lens up on your roof uh, which installs very, very quickly. I mean, it's, it, you, you're not having to head off any rafters here. So you're basically cutting a hole in the roof, flashing it into the shingles like you would just any other vent on the roof, um, run, and then assembling your, your uh, tube lengths down to uh, where that lens, your secondary lens, um, the interior lens is going to install on the ceiling, and you got a trim kit there um, to trim that out. So it's you're talking, I mean, about a half-day install on most of these uh, sun tunnels. So there's very there's cool. Neat and the sun tunnel has, usually has a reflective lining, right? So so you don't lose, um, you know, some of the light to, uh, to to the dissipation on on less than shiny surfaces, right? Yeah, there. It's a, it's a and there's a rigid tube and a flexible tube. So you know, you the flexible tube doesn't have the highest reflectivity that their highest reflectivity is actually with the um rigid tube but right. the flexible tube definitely comes in useful if you've got to get around some equipment or something crazy in the attic sure cool. now so, and you could also you can also put uh, some led lights inside these things can't you yeah and in fact i think they even have now the a fan for the bathroom kit wow there you go cool all right so let's go back did we cover off on that stuff, right, David? So um, yeah, I think we got all that, and and then we talked about uh, the installation process um, uh, somewhat. So so Jim talked about moving, making sure there's before you before you start, you got to make sure there's nothing in the way in the attic. Right. I, I and, just, then, and then I think you talked about heading off the rafters. I mean, there's there you you've got structural stuff to consider, right? Yeah, if you're building that, if you're depending on the size of the skylight that you're putting in, and depending on if you're building a light tunnel, um, you've got some structural framing that you've got to take into consideration. Um, so that's, but that's you know, framing 101. You you got to know what you're doing there. Right, absolutely. And just a, just a quick reminder for folks out there that are, that are listening, just just remember you can never you can never alter a truss unless you have an engineer drawing that tells you how to do it. So. Beware, Amen. because, man, you could cut one in the wrong place, and it could be a catastrophe. Because of exactly what you said, Velux makes um, uh, their skylights. There's one version of all their skylights that is 22 inches, so you right. can drop it right between two trusses and not have to mess around with it. Right, absolutely. 
So, I mean, a little bit of, uh, yeah, I, I've seen the horror stories like, like you're talking about, too, where guys are thinking that a, a truss is the same as a rafter. Well, it's not, but. Yeah, yeah, well, they usually find out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> or, or sadly, they find out. Yeah, absolutely. Later. It's really not funny, but it just it never, never, it just always amazes me. But anyway. Um, so, so, so you got, so you got the, you know, cutting the whole drywall, heading off the, um, you know, the, the rafters and, and not messing with the, with the trusses. And then the other piece of that that kind of has an impact is what does it look like on the inside, finishing off the inside? Well, yeah, on the inside, you're probably nine times out of ten, you're going to want to finish that, that light tunnel with, pretty much the same finish that you have on the ceiling, which in 90% of the cases is going to be drywall. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it's tongue and groove, you know, ceiling and, and stuff like that, and you can do some pretty sexy stuff um, with with the, with the finishes for the inside of that, that sun tunnel. But let's just say for the sake of um, purposes here, we're talking about drywall. Well, the drywall, the, the the skylight itself has a receiving channel that the drywall slides up into. So the fin- finishing it at the skylight is pretty clean. Um, the the part where you're going to have to make it look nicer, if you will, is down where the uh, your your vertical piece of drywall coming out of that sun tunnel, or I'm sorry, skylight tunnel, is meeting up with your existing skylight uh, drywall that you cut on your ceiling. Okay. So you're either going to have to do some drywall work there or, or you can trim it out with some, we, we've used, um, you know, the standard window casing to trim out as well. But um, does your ceiling have texture? Or are you going to have to, is it going to look weird if you don't texture that drywall in that um, light tunnel? I mean, there's those, those type of considerations are all finishing considerations. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so, so I, I've seen many of them, uh, with that. And then I think in a bathroom, uh, we were, we were talking earlier about, um, a guest we had on our show earlier was talking about that he can't keep the paint, uh, is peeling off of the, the, the wood in the bathroom because I guess the humidity makes its way up into the skylight. That's where a vented skylight is, is, is handy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, those vented skylights, uh, really serve a fantastic, uh, thing that you can't do with just a, your standard vent pan. I mean, you open that thing up and all that all that air is gone. I mean, it's right. great. Yeah, because I think it gets trapped up in there. What he was saying was the, the paint just keeps peeling off of the wood on his skylight in his bathroom, and, and that's what it is. We gave him some other suggestions on how to how to stop that, but uh, that's that's for a different show. So, But uh, uh, neat stuff, man. You could do a lot with skylights, and it's a, it's a great way to bring natural light in. I think I think one of the biggest things is um, there, there's something about the vibrancy of natural light that really transforms a space. And if you can learn how to communicate that to a homeowner, um, they they will really be into the idea. If you can assure them that hey, listen, this skylight is designed not to leak and and it's not an issue. Um, it really can be a huge part of your, uh, of your remodeling design that can really transform the design at a relatively low cost. I mean, when you're talking a, a, a high-end kitchen, dropping a skylight in is a relatively low cost, but it will make the design. That's dramatic, yeah. Well, the other, and I don't want to spend time on it at this point, Jim, but the truth is the whole natural light thing, 
you can go out there and pull down some information on studies done with the impact of natural light versus artificial light. And, um, I mean, it, it affects everything from productivity in the workspace to mood to, I mean, it's, there, there are absolutely documented and measurable differences in any of a number of things with natural light versus artificial light. So you make a great point. Let's hit on the on the flashing, especially Velux's flashing, because it's it's the that's the Mac Daddy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they've had the same flashing kit on on their deck mounts for about seventy years, but just um, and that's a seven zero. Yeah. But just a couple years, but just a couple years ago, they came out with basically a three layered system, and they called it this no leak skylight. All right. So basically, they've got. They've got a gasket around um, where the the it's integral to the frame that seals against the deck. That they're putting in. So people will call it ice and water shield. Ice and water shield is really a, a name brand. It's it's any self sealing um, ad- adhesive underlayment. Sure. You know what I mean. Yep. That 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 seals between the deck and the frame and the skylight itself, and then they've got the flashing kit on top of it. So with those three levels, they are calling it the no leak, ten year ten year no leak skylight, and they're even willing to warranty that against the uh, you know contractor's workmanship. So I I don't I don't know how the the liability actually works there, but I guess they're basically saying, you know, if we if you have a leak and we come out there and the contractor installed it properly and it's leaking, then then that's on us. You know, that's that's under warranty. So as long as you can install it properly, um, it's pretty much bulletproof. Right. Now, one best practice on that, from a roofing point of view, is the the ice and water seal that they include in their kit is only about six inches wide, okay? So that only covers, I mean, it, it does what they need it to do as far as sealing the gap in between the roof deck and the frame of the skylight itself. But when you start retrofitting skylights into an existing roof, and you're taking out shingles around that skylight. I mean, you're not going to go back with the same shingles, but at some point you're going to have shingles that have holes in them where your where your shingles are going to tie back in. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. So what we've learned is the only leak that we've seen is from a hole, a nail hole that the nail didn't get put back in the same shingle maybe 18 inches away from the skylight and caulked. So kind of a best practice, what our guys do is they actually take the full-size ice and water shield out there, cut it in half, and they'll run that ice and water shield 18 inches perimeter around the skylight to cover the nail holes from the shingles that they're going to be tying back into and caulk the nails that, that, that they go back into with the old shingles, even though you've got new shingles all the way around the skylight. Right. Am I making sense there? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just it's it's really just paying attention to what you're doing is what it sounds like. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah. just, I mean, when we we got to, my I, I talked to my field guys uh, about this, and they're like, man, the only leaks that we see on VLUX skylights are from the shingles, and it's not the skylight; it's from the shingles that the guys were tying into before, and the nails just didn't go back in the same place, and they didn't caulk the nails, and um, so they should caulk it and reseal those the the shingles that they're tying into, and it's just a just one more step, but it could make all the difference. Makes sense. Hey, before we end our conversation with Jim, let's take a word from our sponsor. Trex is the world's number one decking brand, and it's available at the Home Depot. 
Trex has new technology that provides a 25-year fade and stain warranty for ultra-low maintenance. Visit the Home Depot Pro Desk for additional details about Trex decking and railing. So, Jim, we, 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 you hit a ton of really good points. David um, always adds some stuff to, to make it just that much better. But if, we were, if we've got a bunch of professionals listening, we say we're going we're gonna to boil this down to three things that they should take away from this, uh, this procast about skylights. skylights. What, what would those three things be? I think the first thing, obviously, is is the benefits of natural light and ventilation. I think those are huge, and and I don't I don't think there's any other way to accomplish them without skylights. Uh, the second thing is you you've got to somehow you've got to communicate and to your customer that by using the right product and installing it the right way, they don't have to be worried about leaks. They've got to have trust and confidence in you that the leaks are not going to be an issue because everybody's heard the horror stories. And I guess the third way is is it's it's, it's an amazing way to to introduce drama into a room, the good type of drama, um, and a really can come into design and benefit uh, in the design of your remodeling project and really set yourself apart from competitors that might be afraid of them. Awesome. Jim, thanks. Thank you for your time and for your insights today. It's been it's been super. Tons of great information, folks. If you want to check out uh, Jim's company, it's Jim Hicks Home Improvement, and you can go to www.jimhicks.com. That's www.jimhicks.com. That's Thank right. you again, Jim. So time for our spare parts box. That's where David and I reach into the spare parts box. That's that thing that's the back of the truck, the back of the van, where you just throw stuff that you know you should never throw away and dig it out when you really need to use it. Um, David, you want to go first? Or? Yeah, I, I do. I, okay. I, it's, it's funny. Uh, yesterday I was uh, manning the, the Nary booth um, at, the, uh, at, a, at a home show we're having here in the Charlotte uh, area, Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, uh, what we had going on was a, a surplus sale. And I, I was surprised I saw a bunch of the stuff that the contractors and Nary had donated. And, of course, all the proceeds from the sale go to our charity arm uh, for uh, scholarships for, for, for folks out there, for kids that need a little help getting to college. Um, anyway, what I noticed was a lot of the stuff that I thought was was junk when I first walked up there that I probably would have had, probably would have tossed um, away as a contractor just because I don't want to store it. I've been down that road so many times. But I watched these people in there vacuuming this stuff up, man. They were buying they were buying these uh, uh, balusters, these little short stubby balusters, and they were telling me they were going to make coffee tables and use it for you know legs of furniture. Um, and it went on and on. So I, th- I think my point is is that that if you have stuff like that, make sure you get it donated. Uh, out there somewhere where it can be of some use. So we're repurposing it. Um, it's really becoming quite the trend. You see people building with pallets and all of these things. Uh, really, really think about that before you go throw that stuff in the garbage. It opened my eyes up a little bit more. Um, helps the landfills and um, <clears throat> it uh, it could also help like Habitat for Humanity, the, the stores. Um, it helps them with their bottom line. So be sure to, to think about donating that stuff. And, uh, you know, even think about putting a free listing on Craigslist uh, for some of that stuff that you could get rid of. You can give it away if you want, um, but at least it's not wasted. So that's my two cents. 
Uh, that's because this week's spare parts box is more. It must be more about uh, what you do versus what you're actually using. Because this week I I wanted to talk about when we when we talk about you know making homes airtight, insulation, and good stuff like that. And and we talk a lot about the outside, what siding, and and we talk about insulation. But I want to say when you open up a wall, you're doing some work on the inside. And this is something you should talk to your customers about, I believe, to let them know the quality of work you do, the attention to detail, is take the time to go back and and seal around the bottom plate because even if it had sill seal on there when you when it was when it was you know new construction odds are it, it a wasn't a, a tight seal or b you could have some issues with it so i would say go around those joints seal that bottom seal seal all the penetrations top plate bottom plate just take a few extra minutes and then if you really want to be sure a product like concrobium just sprayed into that um uh, stud cavity uh, before you put your insulation back in. You know, let it dry, but you, you, you're creating yourself a barrier to prevent mold and other issues uh, down the road. So just take a little bit extra time while I got everything opened up. It's not a lot. You want to make sure you sell it to your customers, and at the end of the day, you end up with a more comfortable living space and an awesome job and a great reputation and more business. And that's the name of the game. That's thinking like a pro there, brother. All right, then. Here we go. So, look, if you'd like to listen to this pro construction, uh, this podcast, you can go to ProConstructionGuide.com. It's that easy, www.ProConstructionGuide.com. Hey, if you haven't gotten your copy of Pro Construction Guide, then visit the Home Depot closest to you. They'll have copies at the Pro Desk. Get some feedback for if you've got some feedback for us, give us a call 866-647-2346. Leave us a message. We really do want to hear your thoughts. We'll see you in our next episode of Pro Construction Guide Magazine's Procast. We hope that you're going to make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.